Welcome to the Happy Me, Happy Earth podcast. I'm your host, Eva Peterson, life coach and Ayurvedic health counselor. Each week, I'm here to help you reduce stress, heal burnout, and master work-life balance so you can reignite your passion for life. Consider each episode a permission slip to take a deep breath, reconnect with yourself, and remember just how amazing you are. Now let's dive in. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. (laughs) Anxiety. Hmm. Anxiety and the vagus nerve. What is that? What is the vagus nerve, you might be asking? Don't worry. I'm going to let you know in just a minute. And I'm going to be sharing an exercise with you at the end of today's podcast that you can do today, this week, to start reducing that general anxiety that maybe, if you're anything like me, permeates your life. (laughs) First of all, let's talk about what is anxiety? What is general anxiety? What does anxiety feel like in our body? Of course, this is different for everyone, but many people feel anxiety as a churning in their stomach, maybe even a nausea, right? Or feeling sick, might feel lightheaded or dizzy. That used to be a big one for me. I remember there were like years where I just kind of always felt dizzy and really couldn't pinpoint it (laughs) until I realized "Hmm, it was part of my, my general anxiety. There also might be a restlessness or an inability to sit still, maybe headaches, backaches, other aches and pains, particularly around your neck and shoulders, faster breathing. This has been another big one for me, a irregular or a pounding heartbeat or a fast heartbeat can also be a symptom or a sign of general anxiety. Also sweating or hot flashes. Many people who struggle with anxiety also have trouble sleeping. This can even lead to grinding your teeth. And there might be changes in your sex drive. It can get so intense that you might even have panic attacks. Again, if you're anything like me, (laughs) me in my previous life, these symptoms might just become normal for you or normalized, right? Because so often we're going through our life so fast, we don't really stop and reflect these things that are really a sign or a symptom of excess anxiety or of a dysregulated nervous system just become kind of normal for us in a really sad way, right? So you might have one or all of these symptoms. I've had just about all of these at some point in my life. (laughs) And if you relate to that, then you might be prone to anxiety. Your nervous system might be kind of primed or prone to anxiety because it's been programmed this way based on our past experiences. I talked about this a bit in last week's episode and in episode 42, so I won't go into it deeply here. But basically, if you feel like you can never really fully relax, you're always kind of on and activated, and maybe relaxing is really uncomfortable. Again, 
I've been there, okay? If this is you, no judgment. For me, I used to consider myself a very high anxiety person and I really had a difficult time relaxing. It was just really uncomfortable for me. I used to say that I couldn't relax. <laughs> but the good news is, A, I don't consider myself a high anxiety person anymore. I've been able to do some work to help really soothe my anxiety, especially this general anxiety. And I'm going to share one of those practices that has really helped me with you today so that you can also reduce that overall general anxiety in your life. So when you notice the signs that I mentioned just a moment ago, you can do some of these exercises or some of the exercises that I mentioned in last week's episode too. Those can also be great. So what's going on in the body when we struggle with this general anxiety? I'm going to really kind of oversimplify this, <laughs> but basically our nervous system gets stuck in a stress response. Typically when we have a healthy nervous system or a very regulated nervous system, our body identifies a threat or a perceived threat, maybe a angry email or a dog jumping out from somebody's yard and barking at you or even the phone ringing. The phone ringing can even create a stress response in us, right? And so we go into that stress response, that fight, flight, freeze, fawn response so that we can protect ourselves and deal with that stressor, right? That is healthy. Stress responses are healthy. And then when that threat has passed or when we realize that whatever happened to us isn't actually a threat, then our nervous system, if properly regulated, can go back into that more calm state of rest, safety, feeling social, things like this, right? We want to be able to bounce back and forth between that activated state and that resting state automatically without really having to bring conscious thought <laughs> into the equation. But sometimes we get stuck in that activated state in that upregulated state. And that is what this general anxiety feeling is. So maybe you're feeling anxious and you're not really sure why, right? You can't really pinpoint the source of your anxiety. You have this general anxiety. Or maybe your anxiety pools in one thing and then the next. My brain is really great at this, <laughs> really great at finding things to be anxious about. And as soon as I've researched or solved or soothed my anxiety around one thing, my anxiety likes to just pop over and pool somewhere else, right? <laughs> and again, I'm much better about this than I used to be, but it still does come up for me from time to time. I've noticed over the past few years that this awareness of the nervous system, people talking about the nervous system has become more and more popular and mainstream. And that is so awesome. We need more people talking about this because our well-being is really dependent on the health of our nervous system, on the adaptability and function of our nervous system. And at the heart of that adaptability and flexibility of the nervous system, and especially when it comes to our stress response, is the vagus nerve. 
the health of our vagus nerve governs our ability to manage and process stress and come back into that state of safety and relaxation. I studied the nervous system and the vagus nerve quite deeply years ago during the time when I was completing the first year and then the second year of my Ayurvedic studies. And I have been just absolutely fascinated by the nervous system and by the vagus nerve and the other cranial nerves in particular ever since. Our autonomic nervous system, especially the cranial nerves, affect everything from our ability to manage stress, to have restful sleep, to the health of our heart and our other organs, right? Everything. Okay, I think I've said that like three times now, but I hope you get the importance of this <laughs> and you understand why I love talking about it and why I am so excited to share this with you. So what is the vagus nerve exactly? And what does it have to do with anxiety? Well, Stanley Rosenberg and Dr. Stephen Porges are two researchers that I have learned so much from. And Stephen Porges in particular is kind of considered the father of polyvagal theory. And I won't go deeply into what polyvagal theory is. But basically what you need to understand is that there are 12 cranial nerves. And these cranial nerves originate in the brainstem. If you were to put your hand on the back of your neck, kind of at the base of your skull, you'll notice there's a bit of a divot there at the base of your skull where your skull connects to your neck, the back of your neck. Right there, all of these cranial nerves are coming out. These 12 cranial nerves are coming out there. And the one that we're going to focus on in particular today is the vagus nerve. What's so special about the vagus nerve? Why do I love to geek out on this so much? Vagus in Latin means vagrant or wanderer. I'm sure it's pronounced a little differently if you're actually pronouncing it in Latin. Apologies, I am not a Latin scholar. But that is such an apt name because this nerve wanders throughout the body, through the face, the jaw, the inner ear, down through the throat and into the chest, and then down into the abdomen, where it regulates many of our internal organs. This nerve regulates our breathing, the circulation of our blood, our digestion, our elimination. It governs the most essential automatic functions that our body does daily, moment by moment, to keep us alive. So it's this very long nerve with many branches. You can see why it's so important, right? And why we really want to be sure that this nerve in particular, and of course the other 12 cranial nerves, or other 11 cranial nerves, are functioning and healthy, right? We wanna make sure that they're functioning properly. So let's get into these two vagal nerve toning practices that I'm gonna share with you today. Why do we do these? What do they do? Basically, we can use these exercises to improve our cranial nerve function. 
And these exercises do that by helping us to restore the flexibility and function of the tissues, the bones, the muscles, and the tendons surrounding that brain stem. Often when we are stressed and anxious and working at the computer all day, we hold a lot of tension in our upper back and neck. So these vagal nerve toning practices and exercises help us to release that tension and rearticulate and differentiate those different parts of our upper body. And in doing so, they restore the flexibility and the functioning of our autonomic nervous system. There are a lot of these exercises, a lot of different ways that we can do vagal nerve toning. I'm gonna share two with you today, <laughs> but it can be really helpful to work with a coach or a professional to find the exercises that address your specific needs and that fit into your specific lifestyle, right? Because knowing intellectually, knowing these practices, doing them once, that's great, but actually integrating them into your life, that can be a bit harder. And that is where coaching can be very, very helpful. These exercises that I'm going to give you today will be regulating for anyone. Um, the basic exercise, the one that I'm going to share first is like the creme de la creme <laughs> of vagal nerve toning exercises. Hey everyone, this is Eva from the future. Just editing in a little correction. I accidentally referred to this exercise that I'm going to be sharing with you, the first one, as the basic exercise, when it is actually called the half salamander. Apologies, I just got mixed up. The two are both taught by Stanley Rosenberg and are both excellent for vagal nerve toning. I find that the half salamander has been a bit more powerful for me, and that's why I share it with you today. So anytime I say basic exercise, know that what I actually mean is half salamander. Okay, on with the show. So you might be wondering, when is the best time to do these exercises and how often should I do them? I find that the best time to do these is either midday or end of day. And the second best time is just whenever you can, whenever you can do them. <laughs> I remember when I was first starting out working with these exercises, I was doing them in the morning. That tends to be the time that I can, you know, most easily kind of make time for myself, have my morning routine, have time to do some meditation and to do these exercises. But I was really already pretty relaxed at that time. I was still feeling good. You know, I just got up, hadn't really had many stressors. So when I moved them to starting to do them in the middle of the day or at the end of the day to wind down, I really noticed a shift. So when we use these midday or end of day, then we're able to reset our nervous system and shift out of that more activated state. We need that activated state for work. And so it's really important, right? That we're able to access that activated state. 
but we don't wanna stay there all day. <laughs> Definitely not once we've finished our work for the day, right? And so it can be really important and helpful to do these so that we are able to shift out of that sympathetic activated mode. And the more and more you do these practices, the more deeper levels of regulation and vagal nerve toning you're going to get to because they really are cumulative. By practicing these regularly, I do these exercises at least once a day, we're able to build our nervous system resilience. And if you can't fit them into your day every day, that is totally fine too. A couple times a week is also awesome. <laughs> do what you can. It's really like building a muscle. If we're starting a workout routine, say we wanna build up our biceps and we pick up a dumbbell, we do one bicep curl and then we put it down and we walk away and we never come back. No, right? That's not going to actually build strength. If we wanna build a muscle, we have a routine. We come back to those bicep curls once a day or, or once every other day, whatever your workout routine is, right? Same with yoga, it's a practice. We do it consistently in order to get those cumulative benefits and to get stronger and stronger. So let's do the basic exercise without further ado. I'm just going to quickly lead you through this exercise. You'll want to do it a bit slower yourself when you're actually doing the practice, but this is what you do. This is the basic exercise. You want to first sit up straight. You can also do the standing, but I find sitting to be better. Sitting up straight with your spine straight, your head looking forward. You can take a couple of moments at the beginning to close your eyes, take a couple of deep breaths, and just notice what state you're currently in, how you're feeling. You might do this right now, <laughs> just noticing any tension in your body, particularly your upper body around your shoulders and your neck your head, and then you'll drop your right ear to your right shoulder. So you're still looking forward. Again, you can keep your eyes open if you'd like or close them, dropping your right ear toward your right shoulder. And I'll invite you to stay there for a couple of breaths, just noticing the different parts of your upper body and how they can move separately, really sinking into that separate movement of your shoulder your neck, your cranium, your jaw. You might even wiggle your jaw a bit. And then after a few moments, a few breaths, you'll take your eyeballs, leaving your head where it is, your head's still looking forward, your eyeballs only will rotate to the right and look towards your right shoulder. And you're probably not gonna get all the way there. <laughs> My eyeballs do not get all the way to my right shoulder. They usually stop a couple inches ahead, but that's the intention, to rotate your eyeballs towards, looking towards your right shoulder. And we don't wanna strain here. This is a really subtle movement. Unlike pushing yourself to get stronger and you know, max out on your bicep curls, we don't want to do that here. This is a really subtle movement. We're operating at the level of the nervous system. Very subtle. Now, when you're in that position with the head tilted to the right, the eyes looking towards the shoulder, 
after about 60 to 90 seconds, or maybe right away, <laughs> depending on the flexibility of your nervous system, you're going to notice a bit of a release. That release might come in a number of different ways. There are different signals that our body gives us in order to tell us that it is shifting states. For me, this also often comes in the form of a yawn. It also might be a slight rocking from side to side. Your eyes might water, a sense of calm might come over you. Maybe you start swallowing. These are all signs that you're coming into more of a deactivated state, that your body is shifting nervous system states. And maybe you don't, especially if you're new to this type of practice, maybe you don't notice that shift. And if that's okay, or if that's you, that's also okay. You just need to continue to practice to build this muscle. If you have noticed one of those nervous system shift signs, come back to center. And after about 90 seconds or two minutes, if you haven't noticed one of those signs, go ahead and still come back to center. And then allow yourself to pause here in the middle. When I say come back to center, I just mean letting go of the exercise and bringing your head back up to a straight, you know, normal state looking forward. And again, you might close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and we really don't want to skip this pause after the exercise or between the right and the left side. Because like Shavasana or corpse pose at the end of a yoga practice, this pause gives your brain the opportunity to rewire, to shift. We don't wanna miss this pause at the end of the practice. This is when the greatest shift happens. See if you can tune in and feel it. This is when I really feel that shift, that down regulation. Just notice what that feels like for you in your body. And then you can go ahead and do the left side. So the same thing, left ear to left shoulder. And then after a few breaths, rotating the eyeballs. You can do that on your left side. And then again, come back, make sure you do that pause before you move on with your day. <laughs> And notice how these practices make you feel in your body. Notice any shift between the left and the right, any differentiation. There is no right or wrong here. Now, the second practice that I want to give you today, I don't have a name for this one. <laughs> we'll call it ohms, mouth closed ohms. <laughs> very, very simple. You're going to be saying that ohm sound that we're probably all familiar with, right? Um, hopefully that doesn't sound too weird in the podcast mic. We're going to say that sound with our mouth closed. And what I want you to focus on here, the intention is bringing that ohm from deep in your core, deep in your belly, deep in your chest, up into your head and vibrating, that sound vibrating up into all the bones and through all the tissues of your head, all those cranial bones. These bones are meant to have some space in between them. They are flexible, they move, and sometimes they too get stuck in a certain position. 
So by bringing in this vibration, we're able to help them vibrate, release, and reposition themselves. You can do five or six of those vibrations of those ohms. And then again, release the practice and sit for a moment, allowing yourself to feel that down regulation of the nervous system. And I think I mentioned this last week, but I'll mention it again here. If you do these practices and then you find yourself feeling more tense afterwards, that is really not uncommon when you're starting because typically we are rushing through life and we're not paying much attention to our nervous system or to our body. So when we do slow down and start to pay attention, we notice just how much tension we're carrying. So I invite you to do these practices maybe today or this week and build your nervous system resilience. Tone that vagus nerve and let me know how it goes for you. That's all I have for you today. Next week is going to be a slightly lighter episode. These past few episodes have been quite dense and science heavy. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. Let me know if you like these dense science heavy episodes. I try to balance the science with some more experiential stuff as well, as you probably have noticed. So hopefully that's a nice balance for your intellectual brain, but then also becoming more embodied with that information. Next week, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite herbs and oils to keep you cool this summer. I am still down here melting in Mexico, and this herb has been a lifesaver. I am actually wearing it right now, or wearing the essential oil right now. It is so so lovely. So I'm excited to share this herb with you next week and how to use it and how to use it to keep you cool. Be on the lookout for that next Tuesday. That is all for now. Take care of yourself this week. I am sending you so much love. Ciao for now. If you enjoyed today's chat, I want to invite you to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you desire more support on your change-making journey, please check out my free guide, Self-Care for Changemakers. You can find the guide, the show notes, and other resources on my website at happymehappyearth.com. As always, it's an honor to be in your ears. Thank you so much for listening.